You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. I want to talk this evening about the early church and its secrets of success, one of which is undoubtedly prayer, but the talk will also include some other things. And just basing it around Acts chapter 4, verses 18 to 35, which uh, we'll read together just to get us going. Uh, Perhaps before I read it, I'll just say the context is that Peter and John have performed the miracle of healing in Acts chapter 3 on the lame man at the beautiful gate of the temple. Uh, A whole lot of people have responded to Christ as a result of that miracle. Peter and John have been arrested. They've been threatened that they mustn't preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. And uh, it's at that point that we pick up the reading in Acts 4 and verse 18. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Okay, now it seems to me that there are some key principles that we can learn from this particular passage, and although we're living 2,000 years later, there are many similarities with our situation today. There is certainly opposition to the church in many, many ways in our country, maybe not the same kind of opposition as they were facing then, but certainly 
there is quite a lot of opposition, which I think as Christians we are very aware of. So what do we do in a situation where it would seem that people don't want to listen to our message? You ever feel that way? People don't really want to listen. Okay, well, I've got four U's for U's guys this evening. Oh, dear. Uh, <coughs> urgency, unity, understanding, unction, and utterance. Um, all right, we'll <laughs> see where we go with that um, as we go along. Firstly, then, you notice in verse 24, they raised their voices together in prayer. And from that, I get the sense of urgency. Um, if you really care about something, you don't usually whisper it. Uh, if you mean something, you tend to raise your voice. Uh, having been a school teacher many years ago, uh, although there was a general principle, the quieter the teacher, the quieter the class, which I think is not a bad uh, motto for teachers in some ways, nevertheless, when you nearly re really need to say something that you know the kids need to hear, raising your voice will help. You don't say, you will not do that in my class. You, say, you will not do that in my class. So there's a sense of urgency. You care about what you are saying. These people raised their voices together in prayer. Now, because not noise for its own sake, but noise because they cared. And general theme of caring, I think of Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me, God says, when you seek me with all your heart. And that's a challenge, isn't it, really? Because we do seek the Lord, but how earnestly do we seek the Lord? Uh, how much do we care about holiness, living the right kind of life before God? How much do we care about people being healed? You know, it's so easy for us, and the healing in this passage, so easy for us to pray for people and some get healed. And let's be honest, many don't. Let's not pretend that more people get healed than they do. Um, a relatively small percentage of people have miraculous healings in our experience. So we need to be honest about that. But how much do we care about the suffering people getting healed? healed and then even more important than that how much do we care about evangelism because more important than the healing of the body is the healing of the soul people need to be rescued from hell that's the reality of it so if we care about that then we will do something about it so this sense of urgency and uh, beginning of a new year is not a bad thing just to challenge ourselves and say Am I really, really meaning business with God? Or have we been drifting along a bit uh, individually, maybe even corporately, um, just hoping things will get better, and uh, yet we need this determination that God will intervene. So urgency is the first big point. It's not strictly on prayer, but on the other hand, it's actually how you should pray with urgency the motive for your prayer is urgency if you're not praying it's because you don't care 
Is that a fair statement? Probably is. So there we are. All right. Now, the second one, beginning with you, is unity. And it's the same verse, verse 24. They raise their voices together in prayer to God. Um, now, I was thinking about this earlier, and I've never thought about this before, but Luke records the prayer that they pray, but they raise their voices together in prayer. Okay, so uh, were they all praying exactly the same thing? Did somebody at the beginning say, now, I think we should play along these lines, and then they all prayed along that line I've got a feeling it wasn't quite like that they were much more spontaneous in the early church than that um, is this just a summary of the kind of thing that everybody was praying I think that's more likely but the general idea is that they're all praying together in prayer and the Greek word is a lovely word homothumadon which means with one mind, with one accord, or unanimously. And you remember that saying of Jesus, if two of you shall agree as anything, it shall be done. So this sense of unity in everything. The Greek word homu means together, and thumos is a strong passion or emotion of the mind. So again, you've got this idea of caring in this unity unitedly they cared so it's not just a question of me caring or you as an individual caring but do we collectively care enough a strong passion emotion of the mind together and i'm reminded of other verses where this word is used acts 1 14 even before pentecost they all joined together constantly in prayer acts 2 46 this is after this event, sorry, uh, after Pentecost, before this event, every day they met together in the temple. So this sense of unity. And uh, again, the thought came to me with regard to this. If you go back to Acts 2 and first four verses, um, you know, we know it well, the day of Pentecost. Um, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord or together in one place. And the simple thought that came to me was they were all there. They were all there. And the whole idea of attendance at meetings comes to my mind. And it's, it, it does just seem to me today that people aren't so good at coming to meetings as they used to be. And, you know, I, I don't say this critically because I know people are busy. I know people get tired. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be 81 next Sunday. So, you know, I'm getting on a bit. Um, and the older you get, the tireder you get. And it, it gets harder. But I do try to be at every meeting. And I just go back to my youth when we... Oh, goodness me. We, there were meeting after meeting after meeting. I was at three times on Sunday and four times during the week. Um, now, again, times have changed, but, well, I think being together matters. I think this meeting matters, and I'm preaching to the converted because you're here, but maybe you're not always here, so get here as often as you can. You know, I mean, this isn't legalistic, you understand me, but we, we need to be together, physically together and spiritually 
emotionally, if you like, uh, together. One purpose, one accord, one place. Okay, so that's um, the unity bit. Now, understanding. Um, I get this particular you from their understanding the importance of the word of God. Will you notice in this prayer, they quote scripture. And in fact, a lot of the great prayers that we read in the Bible refer, if not directly to a portion of scripture, though many do, but actually to some basic theological truths, truths about God, statements about God. Um, and uh, very often I just think of Hezekiah praying uh, when Jerusalem is surrounded by, uh, well, at least 185,000 of the enemy and uh, they're in, in desperate trouble and all the rest of it. And he starts off his prayer, Lord, you are God, this sort of thing, recognizing the greatness of God. Um, and that's what these people did. They had an understanding of the written word, it's actually Psalm 2 that they're quoting, and how it applied in their situation. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Spirit through your mouth of your servant, your, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. That's the end of the quote from the psalm. And then they apply it to their situation. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles. In other words, they saw their present situation as a fulfillment, not the only fulfillment of this psalm, because actually it's still happening. The nations are gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. But it was true then, it's true today. They saw how it applied to their situation. They knew that Jesus was the anointed one. They had, <laughs> hey, that's the thing to understand in the midst of all this. Understand who Jesus is. Understand that word. He is the word. Understand he is the anointed one. Understand that he's in authority. Okay, and so they understood from the scriptures the context in which they were living. Important that we should do that in our praying. And so we should search the scriptures and seek to understand what God is saying about the context in which we are living today. That's part of our responsibility as we pray. And then, of course, they understood the importance of the spoken word, not just the written word, um, and verse 29, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Uh, so more, a bit more about that in a moment. But uh, speaking with great boldness. You see, the point is that the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, had uh, told them they mustn't preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. And so they've been threatened. And so now... They're praying directly against that threat. Lord, give us boldness. Interesting. Not, Lord, condemn the Sanhedrin. Lord, send fire from heaven on the Sanhedrin. Lord, judge the Sanhedrin. No, simply, Lord, give us boldness. doesn't really matter what the Sanhedrin do. We're responsible for ourselves. Lord, we want to be right. We want boldness to speak your word. Hey, how much we need that. And then uh, 
I've called it unction, which is not a terribly popular word today, but it begins with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, it's just another word for anointing. And some people have even invented the word unctionize, which is not one I'm very familiar with. Unctionize him with the Holy Spirit. Well, what's wrong with anoint him with the Holy Spirit? Anyway, uh, the point of all this is that in verse 31, after they've prayed, hey, here's a result of praying. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Why were they all filled with the Holy Spirit? Because of their urgency, because of their unity, because of their understanding. And God responds to that and fills them. The building is shaken. What's all that about? Well, in effect, they've been turned out of the temple. And I believe God was actually saying something like this. Uh, don't worry about buildings. You're the temple. That could be a message for our church here in Brixham. Don't worry about buildings. You're the temple. God will take care of buildings if you need one. Yes? Um, <laughs> you are the temple. We shake the building and we fill you, God says. I think that's appropriate. So in a sense, every time we pray together, it should result in us being filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. <coughs> that's a thought, isn't it, really? And actually, every time we pray on our own, we should... <laughs> be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Um, and I'm not going to develop that because we know quite a lot about what we understand about being filled with the Holy Spirit and its connection with speaking in tongues and fanning into flame the gift of God that's in you and so on. Stirring up the gift that God has given us. Uh, all that's very important, part of prayer. And then finally, uh, the final you, utterance. In other words, speaking. Um, a bit contrived, all that alliteration, wasn't it? But it might just help you remember it. It actually helps me remember it if I want to preach this sermon, the, f the five U's. And I share with you now, I first preached this sermon before Jonathan was born. So it's quite an old one. I remember it well. <laughs> um, actually, I've never preached it before. I've used the same notes, I've used the same outline, but I never preached the same sermon twice. You understand what I'm saying? Because actually, you are led to say little extra things which are relevant to the situation as it is there and then. So using the same structure, but God is saying essentially the same things with a few little extras that the Holy Spirit inspires you should go along for that occasion. So in that sense, nobody ever preaches the same sermon twice unless all they do is read the jolly thing, which, God forbid, we, we don't do. Well, God forbid that we do do it, if you see what I mean. Yes. All right. So they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Boldly. And they all did it. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Go back to Acts 2. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. Everybody. Now, same people, largely, who were filled with the Spirit at Pentecost, here they are in Acts 4, they're being filled with the Holy Spirit again. So it's no good saying, I've had my Pentecost, I've had my baptism in the Spirit, I'm a qualified Pentecostal, I speak in tongues. It's not good enough. 
if you were... <laughs> you've got to be filled today. So they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. How wonderful. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke. This time they may have spoken in tongues, but the result that goes out from that, it doesn't mention tongues in Acts 4, uh, they spoke the word of God boldly, not just the apostles. That may You may want to argue, well, the prayer was, enable your servants to speak your word, and some would interpret that as the apostles. Well, now, they did have a special responsibility because in Acts 6, um, is it verse 7, um, is where Peter and John are telling the crowd um, that they've got to choose some people to uh, administer the food to the widows, and they say, we, the apostles, will give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. So they had a special responsibility in prayer and the ministry of the word, and that's particularly true of church eldership today as well as apostles and we believe in apostles today but it's true of all leaders in a sense um, so they're filled with the spirit and they speak the word of God boldly but it's not just the apostles because it's all of them they all did huh. and I think that's because of the points we've already mentioned because they all cared, because they were all united, because they were all understanding the importance of the word, because they were all unctionized, anointed with the Holy Spirit, then they all were uttering the truth of the word of God. They were proclaiming it. And there are plenty of scriptures to show that Acts, 1, uh, Acts 8 verses 1 to 4, that bit where the... Stephen's been stoned in Acts chapter 7 and then it says in the first four verses that um, there was a persecution that arose and they were all scattered everywhere except the apostles who remained in Jerusalem. I've never quite understood what that means because uh, does that mean there were 12 apostles in Jerusalem and all the other Christians had left? <laughs> and what were the apostles doing among them? I don't, I don't know. Well, perhaps find out when we get to heaven. But anyway, that's what it says. They were all scattered abroad except for the apostles. And then in verse 4 it says, those who were scattered abroad, which are not the apostles because they've stayed in Jerusalem, went everywhere spreading the word. Oh yes, so maybe one of our big prayers should be, as we face this new year, that we will have, each one of us individually, boldness in spreading the word whether people believe it or not whether they receive it or not whether they want to receive it or not lord give us boldness so lord give us a sense of urgency a sense of commitment to one another that nothing will divide us under any circumstances unity give us an understanding of the word of god and how it applies in our situation Help us to keep filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak the word of God with boldness. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Brixham.Church.